What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times, my friends. Man, Saturday was Super Bowls for all investing nerds everywhere. All investing nerds everywhere, myself included, because Warren Buffett, the greatest of all time, the Oracle of Omaha, the one who speaks and we shut up to listen, dropped his annual shareholder letter. Now, for anybody who wants to be an investor, who wants to learn about investing, who wants to do any of these things, the Warren Buffett shareholder letters are so good, are such a good good piece of reading material for you to learn a whole lot but even more so for anybody who just wants to be a better leader at your place of work or just generally learn things about life warren buffett's shareholders letter teaches so much good wisdom it passes on so much good wisdom i mean he's 92 so he's lived and seen a whole lot of stuff so you can learn so much from some of the things that he's been through just like listening to your grandpa talk about different life lessons that he's had warren buffett kind of gives that gives us that perspective when it comes to business and career and so i was reading through it and i made some highlights of some of the things that i found in his letters that i think is very important for us especially as we talk about our finances when we talk about our career which a lot of those things are intertwined and I think it's a lot of really good lessons that we can pull from and we can implement in our lives to make sure that we're doing things to get us to the just get us to the to the position that we want to be in the future. Let's get right into it. Before we get started on just looking at some of those lessons, it is just incredible the thing that Warren Buffett has been able to accomplish with Berkshire Hathaway. See, he's owned Berkshire since 1965, right? And Berkshire, when you compare it to S&P 500 with dividends. Berkshire has returned 19.8% over that time frame from 1965 to 2020, where the S&P 500 has returned about 10%. That is incredible. Let's do a quick compound calculation on this. $1 being invested into this. No, and over the time, what is that? 1965, let's do some math. I can't math in my head this morning. 1965, that is 57 years invested. So we do 57 years. And the rate of return, the stock market is 10%. So we'll just put, it was 10% there and we calculate it. So like I said, 200, over the uh, over the 57 years, you would have $228, which is not bad. Now think about if you were if you were putting more and more money into this. $228 is not bad at all. However, if we then put an annual compound rate of 19.8, we can might as well just say 20%. If we just say 20% in that, you would have $32,000, $32,000 with $1 invested. Now think about you regularly put in more and more money. Let's actually do that. Let's say like every month you contributed $100 into this thing. Look at that. If over those 50, you only gave Warren Buffett $100 a month, you would have $195 million. $195 million. If we do the same thing with the S&P 500, you would have $2.7 million. Just look at how insane that is. That's why we call Warren Buffett the greatest of all time. That's why we know, like, it's just insane what he has been able to achieve with Berkshire Hathaway. And he talks about some of those things and how he was able to do some of those things over the years uh, with Berkshire Hathaway. But it's just insane to see this number. 
It is insane. Look at that. $195 million. But anyway, anyway, let's get down into some of the more useful advice for most of us. Um, the first one is if you're somebody who's trying to be an investor, Warren Buffett off bat reminds us that when it comes to investing, it's not about picking stocks. It's about picking businesses. He says, our goal in both forms of ownership is to make meaningful investment in businesses with both long lasting, favorable economic characteristics and trustworthy managers. Please note, particularly that we own publicly traded stocks based on our expectations about their long-term business performance, not because we view them as a vehicle for our droid purchases and sales. That point is crucial. Charlie and I are not stock pickers. We are business pickers. And this is something to keep in mind when it comes to investing, I love to say it a lot for anybody who's trying to get into investing. It's not just about finding random numbers on a screen or random letters on a screen or all these ticket symbols and all that stuff. No, no, no. The most important factor is picking good businesses, is picking and looking at good businesses. But anyway, that's a whole other thing for those who want to be investors. That's literally if you're somebody who's trying to invest and trying to pick stocks and all this stuff, if you start with just this in mind, you will be very successful when it comes to picking stocks because, and not just in picking stocks, but also in just learning about business in general. As Warren Buffett likes to say, he says, I'm a better businessman because I invest and I'm a better investor because I'm a businessman. Both of those things go hand in hand. It helps you understand more about how to operate a business, more about what is the things you need to be looking for when you want to earn a business. For a lot of us, we want to be entrepreneurs. One of the good ways to learn how to be an entrepreneur is just start investing. Like learn, what is it, what is it, what is a Good, what do good businesses do that cause them to be successful? What do bad businesses do that cause them to fail? So if you're starting off a business, learn about, okay, what does it mean to have good operating cash flow? What does it mean to generate free cash flow? How do I survive over the long term as a business owner? If you're somebody who aspires to be an entrepreneur or any of these things, who wants to own some kind of business, a good lesson to learn is to be an investor, to look at those things and say, okay, how do I operate my business in such a way where it's going to be successful over time? That's a few things that you can learn from this first thing. So now let's get into some of the life lessons and career lessons that Warren Buffett talks about in his letter. And I think a lot of us can get a whole lot of use out of this. So he says in another part of the letter, it says, in 58 years of Berkshire management, most of my capital allocation decisions have been no better than so-so. That is crazy for him to say that. It says, it has been no better than so-so. Our satisfactory results have been the product of about a dozen truly good decisions. That would be about one every five years. And sometimes, and a sometimes forgotten advantage that favors long-term investors such as Berkshire. A dozen truly good decisions. I wrote down something after I read this, I wrote down a little note when I, I read this while I was at the fields and I wrote down a little note about this little section that he, he, he said in here. Most decisions we make in our lives are inconsequential. However, there are a few decisions we make that change everything for us. Examples of big decisions that we make in our lives that we actually should know or take time in making these decisions, who we get married to, where you buy a house, where you're located. Are you going to move? Those kind of decisions are really big. However, those are the big ones we actually notice. However, there are also some decisions that seem meaningless, but end up making all the difference in our lives. It is important that we put the time 
effort and diligence into making all the decisions because we don't know which one will make the difference over time. We don't know which ones make the difference. And this is something Warren Buffett always says. He says, the less prudent people are in handling their affairs, the more prudent I have to be in handling my affairs. In other words, when opportunity rises, I can jump on it. If I handle the things I need to handle today, right now, right here, if I handle it, if I'm taking care of business, if I'm making sure that my life is in a good place, when opportunities arises, I can jump on those opportunities where other people might not be able to do the same thing. And it doesn't have to be all the time. The thing, the also interesting thing from this is he's saying like, most of the decisions that I've made have not been that good, but it only takes a few good decisions over your lifetime for everything to change, for everything to change. And he continues on. He breaks down how some of the good decisions he's made when it comes to investing have been so good over time. But then he finishes off and says, the lesson for investors, the weeds wither away in, in, in significance as the flowers bloom over time. It takes just a few winners to work wonders. A lot of times we don't, we're so afraid to make a mistake. A lot of times we're so scared, like, ah, man, if I make this mistake, it's going to ruin everything. It's like, and he's saying, no, 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 no. Don't worry about the mistakes. Like the truly good decisions you make will wipe the slate of all your mistakes. This is why it's so good for us to take risks. This is why it's important for us to just try new things. This is a big lesson for me because I'm not somebody who likes to take risks. But he's like, yo, for a lot of things, your good decisions is going to outweigh all your bad decisions. However, also going back, you have to do it with prudence. It's not you just jumping into every single thing. You're taking the time to think. I love what Proverbs said. Proverbs says, a, a wise man takes a minute to think about the path he is going to walk on. And then he walks on that path. In other words, you're going to have to make multiple decisions, but take a second to reflect and to think. And then when it's time, go. When it's time, go. If it's the wrong decision, you adjust, you correct. You adjust and you change your, your strategy. You change your mindset. You change what it is that you're doing so that you can keep going forward. When I read this, it just jumped out to me and I was like, oh, like he's lived for 92 years. He understands like, yo, some of the decisions I've made have been terrible. But over time, if you make just a few very good decisions, it outweighs all the bad decisions, all the bad decisions. And then he also talks about, he says, and yes, it helps to start early and live into your 90s. I want you guys to take a guess about when do you think Warren Buffett become a, became a billionaire? When do you think? Like, how old do you think this guy was that he became a billionaire? Today, he is worth $109 billion. When do you think he became a billionaire? Like, just think about that for a second. So that, I saw this, this, uh, this Warren Buffett picture of what he is by his uh, net worth. And just look at this. Warren Buffett became a billionaire at the age of 56. 56. Yo, I didn't know. I thought Warren Buffett was a billionaire when he was like in his mid 30s. Because the dude today is worth $109 billion. So how did it go from being worth $1 billion and in the span in less time, in less time from, 90, from 56 to 92, he went from $1 billion to 109 that is insane. Now, some of you would be like, yo, that's still a lot of money either way. But point I'm trying to make here is just time. 
the importance of time when it comes to when it comes to life. Everything compounds. Everything compounds. Just think about that. From 56, he goes 1.4 billion, and in 59, he's 3.8 billion. He doesn't hit 59 billion until he's 83 years old. And then in less time, in nine years, it took 83 years for him to get to 59 billion. And it took nine years to go from 59 billion to $109 billion. How insane is that? That doesn't make sense. That is the beauty of compounding. It's also the beauty of allowing things to work over time. Remember what he said. Remember what he says. He's saying over time, it takes just a few winners. And yes, it helps to start early and live well into your 90s as well. For those of us who are young and we are trying to build wealth, this is extremely important. The earlier we get on that cycle of learning about our money, the earlier we get on the on the horse and start learning how do we make sure that we're moving in the right direction, the earlier we get rid of our debts, the earlier we start focusing on how do we invest, the earlier we learn how to run our careers, the earlier we start making money. Over time, over time, this is what's going to generate wealth. It is not all the things that flashiness of build businesses. Or not. No, 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 no. The thing that will actually help you generate, it's time. It's time. And, and it's so crazy to me. Like most people don't realize just how compounding works. Compounding is insane. It's insane. It is not something that is just, oh, you know, in linear fashion. It is exponential. In other words, you get to a tipping point where your numbers start working faster than you can. There's a saying that Charlie Munger likes to say, which is get do whatever you have to do to get to the first hundred thousand dollars, because the first hundred thousand dollars is a little B. B in place. I'm not going to say the word, but it's a B. Because it's the hardest thing. However, once you hit that first $100,000, let's just do a quick, basic compound interest calculation. If you get to $100,000, which is your initial initial investment in this, $100,000, and all you do is keep compounding and you keep adding $500 a month over the next 30 years. In fact, even if you don't add any more money over the next 30 years, how much do you think you have? And just compounding that 10%, how much do you think you have? million dollars and all you did was save the first hundred thousand in other words the remaining one million six hundred thousand dollars came not from your pocket not from your pocket from you not doing anything nothing from you doing nothing this is why compound this is why it's so important that we get started early the earlier you get started the better it works out Let's change this number. If you if you didn't get it, if you didn't, if let's say you started a little later and you only invest for about twenty years, that one hundred thousand dollars becomes only six hundred thousand dollars. This is why it's so important that we start early, guys. Guys, please start early. Start early. It's so important. It's imperative. It is imperative. The thing that has made. Warren Buffett, if he if he was like a regular person and he decided, you know what, I'm 63, I'm retiring, he would be worth $10 billion. Now, that's still a lot of money, but he wouldn't be the guy we remember as the greatest of all time. We really took notice of Warren Buffett after, in what, 2000, in the year 2000, which was what, 20 years ago, when he turned what, 60-something or 70-something, when he was only worth about $30 billion? 
But the thing that ingrains Warren Buffett into our minds is the fact that he kept on going. It's time. It's time. It is time. That is the time is our greatest asset. It's not your money. It is your time. So the question is, how are we going to use it to our advantage? How do we use it to our advantage? When I saw this, when I saw this graph, I was like, bruh, what? What? It's insane. So please, guys, like whatever it is that you're doing, stay focused and stay at it. If you're trying to pay off your debt, focus on that thing. If you're trying to save and get into this thing, focus on that thing. Focus like the earlier you get on this on on this train. The faster it works out for you, it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. The more we get on it, the faster it works for you. And I'll leave you all with this last one because I've been talking for way longer than I expected. And I think this is so important for a lot of us, especially in this day and age of social media and us being able to see what everybody else is doing. It says aided by Allegheny, by the way, Allegheny is an insurance. And he says our insurance flow increased during 2022 from 147 billion to 164 billion dollars. With disciplined underwriting, these funds have a decent chance of being cost-free over time. Since purchasing our first property casualty insurer in 1967, Berkshire's float has increased 8,000-fold through acquisitions, operations, and innovation. Though not recognized in our financial statements, this float has been an extraordinary asset for Berkshire. And most people will read that and be like, what does this have to do with anything? Keep the main thing, the main thing. When I read this, that's what popped in my head. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Most people don't know. But the reason why Warren Buffett is able to make a lot of the big investments he's able to make is because of the insurance business. He, By the way, Berkshire owns, owns Geico. So they have a lot of people give them money, insurance money to keep, you know, you pay your monthly premium and then. They don't they don't always have to pay something out to to people like once in a while they do. But if they do a good job of managing their risk, a lot of time that's just free money that they get to keep and do whatever with. In Berkshire's case, they take that money and then that's what Warren Buffett uses to invest in businesses and invest in other uh, other companies or buy companies and all those things. And when I read this, the thing that stood out to me was keep the main thing, the main thing. Here's what I mean. By him making sure his insurance business is doing well. He always has free money to be able to invest it. He always has cash to be able to take it and invest it in different businesses. The reason why I bring this up is in this day and age, there is this, um, what's the word? There is this lauding and this applauding and this praise of side hustles, of side hustles. Everyone talks about like, oh, you got to be side hustling. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. You got to do that. And most of the time, when we are focused on all the tiny little distractions all around us, we forget about the main thing. We forget about the thing that's actually paying your bills, your nine to five job for most of us. That's the thing that's paying your bills. If you don't focus on that nine to five job, everything else falls apart. And so Warren Buffett right here is saying like, the reason why we're able to be successful in everything else, the reason why we've been able to grow this business so massively is because of every, in every other avenue, is because of one decision that we made to buy an insurance company so that we can have money to invest everywhere else. It's the same thing for us. 
Whatever your nine to five job is, whatever your core thing is, do not get too distracted on everything else. Keep the main thing, the main thing. In this day and age, everybody loves to laud up having side hustle after side hustle after side hustle. We have got to be careful that our side hustles don't become that that don't even bring us that maybe they bring in like what ten thousand dollars a year for some of us. Maybe you're bringing in twenty thousand dollars a year. But if you're making a hundred thousand dollars and you're going to start sacrificing what you do, that's paying the core that's able to give you the core thing that allows you to take this money and then use it for everything else. It won't work out over the long run. So do not sacrifice the main thing for a lot of many, many things, for a lot of smaller things. Like make sure you are successful at the main thing because that is where everything else will come from. I like to tell people, do not, um, do not follow your passions. Feed, fund your passions. Don't follow your passions. Fund your passion. In other words, from the main thing, making sure you're keeping the main thing, the core thing, you can take that and then use it for everything else. But always remember, this pays my bills. This is how I eat. It's also how I'm going to be able to fund everything else to build out my future. Notice, I didn't say you can't do all the other things, but never forget that the main thing is the main thing. Until all the other stuff can do more than the main thing, make sure you do not mistake the main thing for being a side thing. Because we've glorified the side hustles and under and, and and we've demonized having a nine to five. So be very careful to not get caught up following the trend of making all your side hustles more important where you're not able to give your best at work. So, yeah, these were two. There were some other lessons that I learned in here, but those were the two main ones that I really wanted to share with you guys. There's some other ones in here that I think is really good because he talks about like being your own chief financial officer, uh, being your own chief executives, your own CEO, which also means that you have to be your own chief risk officer. In other words, don't just jump into everything, single thing. Like the reason why uh, Warren Buffett keeps such a massive cash pile is in case anything happens, they're prepared. Having an emergency fund. He just talks about making sure you're handling your risk because if you're not handling your risk, you're just going to be in trouble. But um, I'm not going to go into that one too much because I've already been on this for a good almost 30 minutes. But yeah, these are just a few lessons that I learned from the Warren Buffett shareholders. Notice like when I read this, I'm not reading it with the mindset of like, oh, how do I run a business better? I need, I'm reading it to take life lessons because I realized for myself, I'm not a good investor. I realize I'm not one who's about to try and spend my time trying to be a better investor. What I need to focus on is my nine to five job to make more money from there. And then also to take that and maybe uh, do a lot, a couple of other things to add a little bit of income to me. And what I'm focused on right now in my life is increasing my income, increasing my income, not necessarily to try and be a stock picker. So all I've been focused on is. So when I read uh, Warren Buffett shareholder letter, I read it with the mindset of like, okay, what are good life? How can I live my life a little bit better? How can I learn from lessons from one of the greatest of all time? Now, it's not everything that Warren Buffett says that I'm going to implement, but I do think that we can learn lessons from those who have gone ahead of us. I, that's that's the way that I, I, I take things in is there are some people who are even one step ahead of us. How can I learn from you? What have you done to be able to get you there? How can I learn from you? 
But anyway, that's all I have for y'all today. I hope y'all learned one, maybe two things out of this entire thing. And if you did, hit that like button. If you enjoyed it, hit that subscribe button. But I'm going to talk to you on the next one. And if you enjoyed this podcast, <laughs> share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person you're just kind of like, eh, about. And by that time, you would have shared it with every single person that you know. But it's been your boy, Kalechi. I'm going to catch y'all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.